Welcome to Engaging Parenting, the Bridgeway podcast on parenting kids and teens. We're here to talk specifically about the glorious and terrifying work of parenting teenagers in our culture, why being spiritually and culturally informed is essential, and discussing practical tips on how you can parent confidently and watch your teenagers thrive. My name is Pastor Cliff. Pastor Matt is not with us today, but we do have two special guests that I'm very excited to have on this uh, episode today. First, Keith Ritchie. Um, He's an elder here at the church. Um, He has three teenage sons, and you're also kind of in charge of the parenting ministry here. So glad to have you. And this is actually the second time you've been on this podcast. So I guess you you did so well the first time we wanted to bring you back. I guess I didn't scare you away. (laughs) I guess not. Happy to be back. Thank you. That's really good. And our um, second second guest today is Arlene Pellicane. Um, she's a speaker and writer from San Diego. She has three kids of her own, has been married for 20 years, and she has some amazing, amazing resources out there. Uh, one book uh, being Parents Rising and another book being Growing Up Social. Arlene, we're so, so excited to have you here. Great to be with you, Cliff. Yeah. And just before we get started on the on the topic, Arlene, um, what? How long have you been studying parenting and teens and and all this stuff? I know yeah, in, intensely for fifteen years. Intensely that's for how, fifteen that's years. How old my oldest is? Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, but yeah, my first book came out in twenty ten. Okay. And then what I love to do is interview people. So yeah. just like you're talking to us, yeah. I talk to people who are further down the line, and I say, "What do I need to know?" And so I those are those are the kinds of things I put in my books. That's so good. Uh, we, I love that. I love that. So um, today, I, our first topic that I want to ask both of you about um, is something that we kind of allude to a lot in parenting teenagers, but I think something that we we need to address kind of head on. Um, and what really, when you're parenting a teenager, what role does prayer mm. do? <laughs> like, how important is that? So important. And so prayer is... It's inviting God's resources into your situation. Yeah, and when good. you have a teenager, you need more resources. Right? Yeah, you so don't. True. And and it's like when they were little, because I still have a fifth graders. That's my youngest. When they're little, it's like Lord help them with their homework. Lord help them to find a friend at school to sit with at lunch. Lord, you know this. But then when they're bigger, you know, bigger kid, bigger issues. It's yeah. like okay, this is getting more serious. Yeah. Like, Lord, help them to have a pure heart. Lord, help them not to do drugs. Lord, help them not to be hooked on porn. All of a sudden, it's like more. It's more. Yeah, there's so, so much more. So that prayer is so, so important. Yeah. And it's also good. a connecting point with your kids, you know, asking them, how can I pray for you? What, yeah. mm-hmm. What's going on in your heart right now? And, and letting them know that you're intentionally praying for them. And that uh, that can be a familial experience. You yeah. Know, your, your, your spouse, your kids together. Prayers around the table. Those are things your kids don't forget. Yeah. No, that's so good. And I think what comes to mind for me too is is this idea that as as parents, we need to be um, really pursuing a prayer life of our own mm-hmm. um, outside of praying for our kids. Because yeah. sometimes I think we get to a point where obviously as a parent, your first thought most days are your kids, right? Like, oh, I want to make sure they don't get bullied today at school or yeah. they make the right decisions today. And so we're praying for those things. But in reality too, God's like, hey, let's talk about you for a little bit. Let's yeah. uh, let's see what what's going on with you because that, that way you really kind of build that, that relationship and that prayer even comes even more higher. So. Yeah. And even to remember, like to praise God in those prayers, because I yeah. know that a lot of times we're like, oh, Lord, we need help with this. We need help with this. We need help with this. Yeah. But just that entry point of God, I lift you up. I praise you. You're great. You're mighty. So my kids bike into school. And so I'm not so much concerned about them. I'm more concerned about oncoming traffic. <laughs> I'm more yeah. concerned about people who are running red lights and not looking at intersections. Right. Yep. So it's that prayer before they leave. And it kind of, to me, it like it's a great routine. 
so that when I walk my child out to the driveway, you know, and he's a sophomore in high school and I pray like, God, just give him wisdom. You know, it's not like a scared prayer. It's uh-huh. not like, oh, Jesus, please help him. <laughs> no, it's like, God, give my son wisdom, give him power for the day, keep him safe on the road. And it's it's just that committing him to God. And I think I'm hoping for him, it's setting that framework of yeah. yes. I've been prayed for and I'm covered. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 super good, um, and I think in the in the same way, um, if you're listening to you know this podcast right now, this episode, I mean, even if you um, know the Lord, or maybe you maybe you don't know the Lord, I think it's it's really important for us as parents to really be investing in our teens out when even when they're not with us, mm-hmm. um, thinking about them, talking to the Lord about them, because I think when we invest uh, time with them when they're not physically with us, I think when they see us that day, they they're no something's different, right? Yeah. There, there, something's truly like, oh, you've actually tried to figure out what <laughs> <Yeah>. I like <laughs> yes. when I'm not here, or you actually yeah. care about me because I see mm-hmm. when when the teen comes home after they had a really bad test. I know a lot of our students just had, you know, midterms um, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I, I asked the student today, hey, how was midterms? You know, F, D, you know, yeah. did not do very yeah. well. Um, but if they come home to a parent who's like trying to already get to know them outside of that, yes. man, that relationship, I think even get, get stronger. For sure. It, it lets them know that you see them. And, yeah. you know, we always use this term, Susan and I do, uh, of being a student of your kids mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. just really being observant about what they're experiencing, what they say, what they don't say, and use that as information to inform you. How can I best engage with, with this child in this moment and that child in that moment? because they're all different. And when they hear from us, Hey, I have this question for you, or how did this go? Or what was that experience like? And then you can share your own stories and your own experiences. It's just a great way to connect with your kids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now in, in the same way of prayer, I think when we think of prayer, something that comes right next to it is scripture. Mm -hmm. So with that same kind of idea of that question, how does scripture come in as we're, as we're parenting these teenagers? So when, uh, you know, when my kids were little, they're, they're getting bigger now, but I had this dream. Like, I want them to memorize like one verse from each book of the Bible so that by the time they graduate out of my house, they know 66 verses. And then they kind of know a verse from each book that would kind of encapsulate that book. So, so excited about it. Right. So in my (laughs) zeal, I like picked the verse for every book. I made a little booklet. I was very strong until about Malachi. (laughs) Then we like petered out because I had the notebook. We'd look at it at breakfast Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we've been doing this for years, Yeah, but I haven't been you know, like a number one on top of this, but here's the encouraging part. So what I do is we'll have a little either contest where I put a little buzzer in front of all of them, like a little bell. And then I'll say like Genesis, and then they have to hit the buzzer and then say the verse and then they earn money this way. So this is what we did when they were, as they were kids and as teenagers, they still like this too, because this is a way to earn money. Yeah. But we just did this recently and I was so encouraged because I thought, Lord knows, I don't know what they remember. And they remembered so much. Like, so I can prompt them. I can say like, First Chronicles, you know, but they'll say this verse. And then I'm just incredulous, like, oh my goodness, you actually remember. Yeah. So it gave me a, like this realization of, you know what, sometimes you feel like you're not doing something or you're not doing right enough or well enough or often enough, but keep making those efforts to learn the Bible because they are getting, like they're getting in. Yeah. So make an effort. And maybe you thought, well, we've never done that before. It's never too late to try. So for our house, we thought, well, let's let them make money by memorizing verses 
and reading books that we wanted them to read. So the chores, and obviously this is, I'm not telling you, this is what you have to do. I'm just saying this is something that worked for us, is that the chores are given, you're going to clean up because you live here. But if you want to earn money, you can memorize the Bible and you can read these really good life books that we want you to read. And that's how you earn money. Yeah. So what's the time frame on that? Like, do they memorize four verses their first year? Or yeah. how's that work? There wasn't really a rigid thing. Okay. It was, we were kind of at the beginning, I was looking at a verse a week that we talked, like we'd say it at breakfast. Got it. Okay. So we would do like a verse a week, but after a while I got out of that schedule and stopped doing it. And so then it's just like this book of verses. And now the impetus is more on them to mm. look at it, but I need to, but I do pick it up again. Yeah. Like when, like after this podcast, I'll be like, okay, guess we need to pick up we're in <laughs> Philippians apparently. Oh, apparently. So, so that's what happens. You kind of yeah. fall off and you come back. But giving them ownership is a but good thing. But giving them ownership. Yeah. And then what I'll do is I'll say, Hey, in two weeks, we're going to have that quiz. Like yeah. in two weeks, I'll ask you how many verses do you know? So study up. Because I'm mm. my wallet's open, and in two weeks we're gonna have the quiz. And I usually do <laughs> wallet's that. Wallets open. open. That's, that's a good phrase. I usually do that like when, like a, for a vacation, like a school yeah. vacation. So when school vacation time, all right, let's see how many verses you guys remember, and it just keeps them circling back to it. So mm. I think that's been a fun way to incorporate that study. That's great. Yeah, have, the, have the money denominations had to increase? <laughs> yeah. over no, time? they, they kind of <laughs> stay the same, but they're learning more, so they get more. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and doing doing that test during vacation is a good time. Yeah. yeah. Tests are always happening at school. <laughs> now, just a couple little things to add there. Um, first of all, I think parents can fall into the trap of spending too much time saying no to something yeah. related to what's going on with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would encourage people to think about what, what to um, give them something to, to shoot towards, a target to mm-hmm. work towards. And what better target than, than the virtues and values that are in the Bible? And so we spent a lot of time just trying to train ourselves up and, you know, what are those values that really matter to us that we want to imprint into our kids? And we were uh, fortunate to uh, get exposed to a resource called uh, Parent- Parenting with Scripture. Mm. And it really helped us to uh, infuse the Bible and key verses and what virtues and values they they teach into our daily routine. And, yeah. and so that uh, was very much a, a part of what the Bible um how the Bible supported us in our parenting lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's super good. I was reading in an article the other day and um, it was one of the, those ideas of like, we can show our kids how to read the Bible and pray. Um, but when, when they come home from school and our as a parent, our Bible's open and we're mm-hmm. praying and we're reading, yeah, that's, sure. <laughs> that's another example of what it looks like. Yeah. Again, it's just kind of showing them what does it look like to pray? What does it look like to read your Bible? Of um, and we have to figure that out for ourselves before we really understand how to explain it to our teenagers. Yeah. And just know, as you, if you're listening to this, it's not like we three are perfect at this. Oh, so absolutely we're not. We're like needing a lot of help in this area. And I always love to tell people, hey, you hear your teenager coming down the hall, your kid coming up, then just, oh, okay, let me set this up. Let me set this up. Open <laughs> like the Bible. Like an Instagram picture. Yeah, it's like, you're like, open uh, the Bible. What are you doing? I'm reading, you know, uh, and just let it be even that reminder that when yeah. you see your child, hey, you know what? Let me let them see. Let me show them. Let me read a psalm. Let me bring this to the table at dinner. Let me share this verse, whatever. Yep. And I think getting into a rhythm is really important because we have all these good intentions, yep. but it's like, where does this fall? So what we have found is when the kids were small, we would end with a Bible story as a good night story. And then what I've seen it really take hold for my teenager, now my teenage son, every night when I'm saying good night to him, he's reading his Bible. Like I didn't tell him to do that. 
It's just what he does. Wow, because that's cool. as a kid, that was the last thing we did was we read the Bible. And so there so he's he's pretty set on a good trajectory. I see him reading a lot. So let's let's snitch on his sisters. So his <laughs> next the next one, the eighth grader, she loves Star Wars. So she reads Star Wars novels all the time. So her thing is, and we've talked about this, is she'll will say, because at night she's always reading those Star Wars novels. And so I'll will say, before you read the Star Wars novel, do you read the Bible? You know, and she'll like, yeah, I do. So that's kind of her clue. Like, okay, I need to read the Bible. And so that that helps her. And yeah. then with my youngest, it's funny, even just the other day, she was literally, she said these words, I don't have time to read my Bible. She's mm, yes. 10, right? They all say those words. Oh my goodness. And so the older <laughs> sister is like, of course you have time to read your Bible. Like, you know, it was so funny. And so we talked about it and I said, you know what, Lucy, it's true. Like we can feel that way. That's why we have to set aside time and make it a priority because it's really important. So let's talk about it. Maybe we need to do that. Do you want to do that at bedtime? Would you like to have your Bible reading at breakfast? Like, let's talk about when that rhythm could be put in place. That's so I really think good. having those yep. conversations is good to have with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's super good. Um, you know, if you're listening to this right now, we know um, that prayer and reading the Bible is not an easy thing, just as your own <laughs> relationship to the Lord. Um, but there is, um, if you want your teenagers to thrive, if you want them to really kind of go through the high school years of just kind of looking back and be like, man, I, that was a really good time. These two things need to be implemented um, in your family routine um, and even in your own routine. So we really encourage you to think about how you can implement that today um, and this week and, and even next month. And uh, kind of transitioning on to the next topic, I think as we think about teenagers and as teenagers think about themselves, a lot of times they already think that they're adults. As soon as they turn 13, they turn to you guys as parents and they're like, I know everything, okay? <laughs> For sure. You can't tell me to do anything because I'm always right and you're always wrong. <laughs> um, now, how can parents um, really launch adults rather than babying children? Because I think a lot of times what ends up happening is a, a parent holds on to their baby child so much that when, when they turn 18, they just rebel or make pretty poor decisions. Mm. So how can parents, I know Arlene, you've, you've talked about this in, in your, in your books. How can, how can parents really launch adults rather than babying children? Yeah. What does so, that look like? So much of it is you picture them, right? And it's not just like, I'm not having a child forever. I'm going to launch an adult. So this looks like when your kids are younger, hey, can my child sit in a restaurant without an iPad and actually converse with people? Well, mm. imagine that. So this is what it looks Sounds like because I'm yeah. launching an adult, <laughs> right? I'm not yeah. just babying a child. And if they're going to stay a child all their life, why not eat Cheetos and soda and you know, lollipops all day. Well, wait, you're going to need that body. So I'm launching an adult. You should probably eat some broccoli. You know, so it's just this mindset of, okay, we're going for the long term. And then what does this look like? It's skills. It's like, okay, you're going to need some skills. You're going to need financial skills, relational skills. Yeah. So kind of, I think, looking at them and don't do for them what they can do for themselves. And I know mm. I sound so authoritative and yet here I am like <laughs> doing my child's laundry when they're fully capable of doing it. Oh you know? my gosh. So things like this. So, so have them pack their own lunch, 
have them do their own laundry, which we do. So we, so having said that, I do. But if uh, if I see like one child has like a super big project or something, then I'll go do the laundry and I'll say, okay, I did your laundry today as a favor. But for the most part, they do it on their own. Yeah. So have them start doing these things by themselves. Don't monitor everything. Let like like our kids know. Our kids are weird. We have teenage kids, high school, no phone. And they know that even if they did text me in the middle of the day to say, hey, mom, I forgot my homework. I'd be like, sorry, not bringing it. You know, you forgot. And it's just that idea that they're an adult. They're responsible for their own things. They're accountable for them. And that's how we're going to treat you. And and so it's that training ground. And this is good for those families out there who have younger kids. This starts, you know, very young. It starts with being able to put your toys away. Right. And put your clothes back in yeah. your drawer. And as parents, we just progressively expand the scope of responsibility into some of these bigger topics like finances and relationships uh, that they they need to recognize as part of their maturation process. They need to start owning these things as part of their, their emergent adulthood. Absolutely. That's, com- that's coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I think being a leader in general, and as a parent, you're leading your kids. Um, one of the toughest things you can do is hold the people you're leading accountable. Um, I go to so many leadership seminars because I always want to grow as a leader, and everyone says, hold them accountable, hold them accountable. And it's so hard to do that when you love them so much mm-hmm. and you've poured so much time um, into them already when you tell them to do your laundry or make sure you don't forget that project at home today and they don't do the things you say. And a part of you is like, Oh, I want to bail them out. But when you bail them out, they expect you to bail them out when they're 20, 23 Mm -hmm. years old. And then you have a problem on your hands. You know, being accountable is not easy, but it helps you out in the long run. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I heard one parent say, if you help, like if you're always rescuing them and then if you're over-parenting them, then when they actually have success, yes. they wonder, did my parent do, do do this or did I do this? Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting perspective. Like, oh, it's not that we're only rescuing them, but they think, oh, my parent must have talked to the teacher and like changed my grade or, oh, my parent. And so we need to step back, like do less of those kinds of interventions so our kids yes. can have their, their own failures, but also their own successes Yeah. to know I did this. Like yes. I learned this, I accomplished this. Yeah. And we celebrate those. You want to make sure that you're providing that praise and that affirmation when yeah. they're, when they're uh, experiencing those accomplishments. Mm-hmm. But it's a difficult balance because you, you, you want them to uh, take on that accountability, yeah. but you also want them to be successful. So as parents, you, you always have to be watching that line of how much guidance, how much reminding you want to introduce into their lives versus letting them own it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's there's plenty of safe opportunities to allow our kids a little failure in their life so yeah. that they can learn those lessons. Yeah. And this is the time to, to, to have them work through that. No, that, that's super good. So in that scenario, then, if if a student ends up failing, how do you respond as a parent? I think that whole failing, like, what can we do with this? Yeah. So we can't change the past. This failure has happened. So what can we learn from it? How can we? And just that idea of failing forward of, okay, what could have we done different? What are the consequences of what has happened? And maybe at the moment, it's just being quiet and listening because we yeah. parents are great at giving advice. And then our kids are like, ah, oh, we're not even listening to you. But when the time is right, that you can review what happened and what can you learn from this and how can we do this better next time? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, that's that's super good. And I think as parents, we have to be careful. I went to my first debate. Uh, my my son is on the debate club. It's new at his school, so it's all new for all of us. Mm, that's cool. And I was. It's really cool because it's like a mom son thing we can do together. So I worked as a judge, and my and they recruited all parents. So it's not because of my profession at all. So any parent could do it. And I was in the hall talking to other judges, and one of the ladies had said, "You know, my child came and competed last time." but didn't come home with an award. And she was so disappointed. And I told her, basically what this woman said to me is I told my daughter, you better come home with an award. And I was like, oh, oh. I was like that's oh. awful, right? <laughs> so just as parents, we also need to not frame our desires or our hopes or expectations in losing. that yeah. way, yeah. right? So yeah. a lot of times the failures, it's we might be setting them up for that failure with our expectations. So let's be careful in how we talk to our teenagers. Yeah, that's really good. So on the flip side of that, what do you do when your teenager wins? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're celebrating that. And obviously we also need to le- teach our kids how to succeed well. Yeah. And that there are, mm-hmm. there are other people involved in the, in the situation. And it's and it's the sportsmanship and and the graciousness that comes with with the accomplishments accomplishment experience. Yeah, uh, that's really important as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super good. So this is kind of a a funny question, but what are you guys' thoughts on when the, you're on a sports team, say a soccer team, and no matter what place you get, you get a trophy. Is that a good th- is that a good uh, thing or a bad thing? Uh, that's a tough one for me. <laughs> that's easy for me. That's yeah. a bad thing. That's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Tough like, one for me to get on board with, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you, Arlene. No, totally. yeah, that's good. I think if we start cuz when I started this question, I said most teenagers think they're all, already adults. If we treat them mm-hmm. in that way, but understanding that they're still they're still teenagers and their brain fully hasn't developed yet. Um, yeah. I think that might be helpful because you, you can make phrases, not not being rude or being super sarcastic, but saying, hey, you think you're an adult. Adults handle these mm-hmm. types of situations all the time. There are no free goodie bags in yeah. adulthood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to earn your accomplishments. Yep. And I think that is a, a vital experience for our kids as they as they grow up. Yeah. I remember when I, you know, when I moved off to, to college, I, you know, moved out here to Jessup and I was away from my parents. Um, you know, I don't, I didn't have any family members out here. I was on my own. I had to cook for myself. <laughs> you know, I had to do laundry. <laughs> I did all those things. And I remember just thinking the first month of being like, man, my parents are awesome. <laughs> my parents are great. Yeah. That um, food oh, yeah. was so yeah. delicious yeah. and like, I didn't have to pay bills. I, exactly. I didn't have to think about what I was going to eat next. Sure. I just, I just ate, uh-huh. you know? Um, and so I think, you know, like you were saying, Arlene, mm-hmm. like helping, showing, you know, your, your teens, what it looks like to be an adult, what mm-hmm. it looks like to cook, what it looks like to sure. deal with the schedule. Because nowadays, cause everyone's so busy. They're yeah. like, how do I handle a schedule with a million different things? And this is a good, this reminds me, you know, of that, that idea of taking the vacations. So like during the summer break, we'll say, okay, you guys, each of you have three meals that you have to prepare. So then that way they have to think of like, what do I, what am I able to cook? Okay, what do we have to buy? And I said, you know, like I'll do the shopping, but you guys have to tell me what ingredients you need for your meals. And so honestly, like the fifth grader, the eighth grader, the 10th grader, they each made three meals. 
But during the school year, that's hard because it's like they have so many yeah. things to do. That's a lot to do. But then in the summer, I figured, okay, we can do this. And then by the time they leave, at least they'll be familiar with the kitchen. At yeah. least they'll know how yes. to make something. Mean mac and cheese that's and right. cereal, right. PB&J. Now you know how to boil water, man. Yeah. But that's such an accessible opportunity. You know, the stuff around the house that we're already doing, yep. bring them into it, make them a part of it. And it, it creates an investment on their part in the process. Yes. Yeah. No, that that's that's super good. Um, do either of you have any, any last thoughts on what it looks like to kind of prepare an adult rather than babying a children? One of the things was with the budget. So we had heard this from another family. And so when our kids were in eighth grade, we gave them now an allowance. Remember, we talked about them earning the money the other way, but now yeah. an allowance. But they have to buy their shoes, their clothes, their if they want to go to a movie with their friends, their food, their camps, all that would come from this budget. Right. And then we gave them a debit card. And so they learned how to use a debit card. <clears throat> they learned how to use a debit card. So that was good for them. Yeah. And it's been really funny because our oldest is such a tightwad. <laughs> like, <laughs> such a yes. tightwad. Because he understands like the value of this money. It's hysterical. So he'll they'll look at me like, Mom, you don't need to buy that Starbucks. Like that's really expensive. You know, they'll look at me and tell yes. me that. And and so it's been great. Yeah. So that's a neat way for them to just start learning the value of money, how to budget money, how does this debit card work so that when they're not so it's not their first time when they're in college, like, oh look, I have a credit card. I have yeah. a bank account. When the world do I do with this thing? Right. So they have that practice with you beforehand. Yeah, that that's super good. Yeah. Keith, you have anything to add? No, I, I will just uh, uh, echo what Arlene said, just the, those very practical uh, experiences of saying, hey, you now own this yeah. and see see what they do. And we talked about um, you know the opportunity to succeed and fail. This is another example of that. And then uh, have conversations about it. How is it going? What is the experience like? And then you can you can guide them along the way and, and add to the experience with your wisdom. Yeah. And to piggyback on that money thing, we also taught them from the time they were young, like you have three ways that your money goes, giving, saving, spending, right? And it's so funny because my 10-year-old just told me, oh, I finally understand what you guys were trying to tell us yes. all this time. So they'll get it. Yeah. But the idea is also like show them, be generous, like give to the church, give to missions, give, because when you are like that, God will provide for you. And I think if we can teach that when they're young, that's really helpful. And then the other thing I wanted to add for that prayer component yeah. was something that's helped me so much is Moms in Prayer, mm. which is basically a ministry. And their vision is two praying moms for every school. And it started in America. And now they're in 140 nations. And so from the time my 10th grader was in first grade, I've been in this Moms in Prayer group. It could be two moms. It might be five moms. You know, it's typically a small group. And you can just go to momsandprayer.org, put in your zip code, look for if there's a group existing in your area, and you pray once a week for one hour for your kids and their school. And knowing you have an appointment to pray, then you're like, I'm going to pray because <laughs> now I have this appointment. Yes. Yeah. And then knowing that when you hear other people like say your child's name and cry out to God for your child, like that's a huge boost to your faith and God works in that. So momsandprayer.org helped me so, so much and continues to help me. Yeah. 
And as you were saying that, um, I, I just looked up, there's something that's happening in this, in the Sacramento area called Pray for Safe Schools. Um, and this is kind of like a, a texting yeah. texting app um, that's been really, really helpful for me. I get texts um, every day um, that tells me kind of what what idea I should be texting about and praying about today. So if you text, um, go to the number, uh, text 555-888 um, and use the keyword pray for safe schools. You'll get a text message daily Mm -hmm. um, of a prayer, kind of praying for your teenager in in this region and the school. So that's really good. Well, thank you guys for being on on this episode. Um, We will be recording another one for uh, a couple weeks from now. And I'll tell you what, the topic we're talking about next is a really good one. So you won't want to miss that. Well, um, if you have any questions about anything we're talking about, please email me at cwoodward at bridgery.church. Other than that, can't wait to talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Engaging Parenting Podcast, hosted by Pastor Matt Bach and Pastor Cliff Woodward, presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. For more information about Bridgeway and other content, visit bridgeway.church.